bless the Lord. Have we got a message this morning? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we know your power is here already. We've been sensing your presence. We've already worshipped you and uh, given you your rightful place, Lord Jesus. And we put you again on the throne of our hearts. And in the coming to your word right now, we choose to worship you in the word as well. In responding in faith to what your word says, that we might not just be better educated, but we might be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit to live powerful lives in the service of Jesus, our King. In your precious name we pray. Amen. This is my last uh, sermon in the book of Hebrews. I'm going to leave it here. Next Sunday morning we have Pete Wright, who's uh, from Springs Church as a visiting preacher. Then I'm going to start a whole new series called The Father's House, which will include all our core values again, just so we're all on the same page, because God's doing a new thing, and we want to make sure that everybody is happy with what God is doing here among us. Bless the Lord. So Hebrews chapter 11 we have done, and we move into Hebrews chapter 12. This is the amplified version of the scriptures. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, let's strip off everything that's unnecessary, the weight and sin that easily and cleverly entangles us, and let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us. I'm glad to report to you today there are millions that have gone before that have trusted Jesus. Whether in the Old Testament by faith or in the New Testament by faith, there are believers of both Old and New Testaments that have walked with God and have known him and have trusted his faithfulness. And now they are in heaven this morning. And you know what? They're cheering us on. They are surrounding us and they are saying, get on with it. They're not cheering us this morning and shouting, doing less. They're shouting, do some more. They're shouting, be more passionate. Be more on fire. Be more alive to God. Because, you know, when we get to heaven... That, that our moment is over to run our race. Our moment for running the race is the time that we have. I've often said this, this life is not a dress rehearsal. There's no point going to get into your 80s and 90s and saying, I wished I had. While we have breath in our body, while we have strength in our bones, it is time for us to run the race that God has set before us. Not to do less, but to do more. And the apostle describes this race as... Uh, our life in God as a race and he encourages us to strip off every unnecessary weight you know when you're running you don't want to wear one of them chunky bracelets do you or a, a Rolex watch or something else or ankle weights you know you don't do that when you're trying to win you strip off everything you can possibly strip off so there is no more weight apart from your body weight so that you might run the waist set before you and I just have a feeling online and in the house this morning some of you are carrying some weight we're all carrying some weight, praise the Lord, but not in that way. Um, but, you know, we are carrying some weight, some burden, some care maybe, some fear, some past hurt. And there's a big one, I think, for many of us, disappointment. We thought it would work out one way, but it didn't really work out that way at all. But I want us to hear the words of the apostle this morning. He said, strip off all of those weights. Whatever is stopping you from doing your best for God, and running your race before you, do it now. Do it now while you have the opportunity to do it. You know, we are already in this race. The starting pistol has gone some time ago, and we're on this marathon that we are, we are running for Jesus, and we need to make sure that we're going to finish this race properly. And so we need to strip off the worry and the care and the hurt and the disappointment. I don't care if somebody hurt you 40 years ago in church. Get up and get over it. 
There is better things to be done in God. We can so put ourselves away from being passionate about God because we blame everybody else around us. But I believe the scripture is telling us this morning, it's time to strip off the stuff that's hindering us. So I ask you this morning, what is hindering your race with God? What is stopping you just getting off the blocks and going for it? And maybe there's 101 things that are going around in your mind right now. It's time to release them. And I believe the Holy Spirit can deal with those this morning in his precious name. If you're struggling with stuff, I believe this morning before we go, the, the Lord can have already healed it, set you free, and got you into a new place in God. As we redraw near to God, we've already heard it this morning, he draws near to us and he transforms us. He does not want us better educated. He wants us on fire for him, full of passion, few of zeal, full of all that he has got for us. So he says, strip off the stuff that's stopping you running fast. And he says, the sin that so easily and cleverly entangles us. I want to say this morning, sin trips us up. And for us, all of us, it's a certain thing. If I said to you, what is that thing that always gets you? What's your Achilles heel? What is it that you always tend to do that you know you shouldn't do? We all know what it is. It's not the same for everybody, but everybody has got something in their life that the enemy always uses to poke at you. So just as you think you're starting the race and you're doing well, the enemy has a way of entangling you so you try and tries to get you to fall over. For some, it's pride. This list is not exhausted by any stretch of the imagination. For some, it's pride. For some, it's drink or drugs. For others, it's anger. For others, it's sexual desire. The list uh, is endless, but don't sit there all self-righteous this morning and say, I don't have any issues. We are humans. Of course we have issues. The sin that so easily entangles us the apostle wouldn't have said it was easy if it wasn't easy and these things come into our lives but thank god this morning we have a god that has set us free from sin and if we confess our sin he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness so this morning we can run free free from the weights that beset us and also the sin that would so easily entangles us you know, we just need to be honest sometimes and confess our sin. The Bible says if we confess our sin one to another, we will be healed. It's gone really quiet in here now. Like I'm saying some stuff I shouldn't have said. Because we're all Christians and we're all super righteous, aren't we? And we're all living for God 100% and we're all giving him our total of every minute of every day. The truth is we are not. And the truth is we are not running the race with the sort of passion that God is asking us to. And there's a great cloud of witnesses above us going, if only you knew how good it was up here, you keep on running down there. Because there is a prize to be had. There is a goal that which God is calling us upwards in Christ Jesus. If you only knew the streets are shining with gold up here, you wouldn't be messing around down there. You'd be getting on with the race that I have set before you. God is challenging us this morning to be more passionate, not less passionate. He encourages us as a church to throw away what hinders. Make sure that the sin doesn't trip us up and get on with the race that has set before us. These moments are our moments and these days are our days to play our part. And the scripture says, let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. How do we do that? How do we keep on that race after year after year after year with that same kind of passion and zeal and joy for God? Well, the scripture says in verse 2, we do it by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. In other words, we model ourselves on Jesus. If you want an example this morning, look to Jesus. 
Jesus was an exact role model for all of us. He was focused. He was committed. He was totally out there with the will of his father. He wanted to do everything that God wanted him to do. He did not turn away, not for a moment. And the Bible says because of the joy set before him, he endured the cross, discarding its shame. Jesus knew where he was going. And friends, we have been brought into a race and into a walk with God, and we should know where we're going. We're going to heaven. But on the way, there is a job to be done, and there is a race to be run. And Jesus was incredibly focused. He knew the prize of souls lay before him, but he knew he had to endure the cross first before he got to the end of the race. And you know what this Bible says? He set his face like a flint towards Jerusalem. He was dogged. He was determined. And the problem with the churches, as the apostle speaks to the churches in the book of Revelation, he said to one of them, the trouble is you are lukewarm. You have no passion. You know, I wish you were one thing or another. Passionate people see things happen, don't they? You, you, you would listen to any billionaire tell their story. They didn't do it because they're lazy. They haven't sat around twiddling their thumbs hoping somebody gives them a leg up. When you see people in this life on a natural level that have made something of themselves, they're passionate people. How much more us who know Jesus should we be passionate? Because we know now it's not of ourselves, but this is the gift of God. God is stirring us. He's put something on the inside of us. We've been filled with the Holy Spirit and we have all that we need to run the race set before us. We need to push on. Jesus set his flight before a flip before Jerusalem. And even in the garden when it was costing him by sweating out great drops of blood, he prayed this, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. What determination. We have to determine this morning to be Christians. I think we've all realised over these last 15 months or so, it's not just a matter of church attendance. You have to decide to get up in the morning and follow Jesus. And actually, that was what it's all, always all been about. You know, making a decision one Sunday 40 years ago and calling yourself a Christian now without any perseverance and commitment is a bit of a nonsense when the scripture says, if you want to come after me, take up your cross daily and follow me. There's something about following Jesus daily and we need to do it with all of our hearts instead of just leaving it to a Sunday. It's great having a Sunday service. For some, it's great you watching it online. We thank you for watching us online. Get to the building. It's great to be in the building. But that's not what's all of it about. Tomorrow morning when you wake up Bank Holiday Monday, will you be serving Jesus with a passion tomorrow, just like you've been in this building today or watching us online? Or will you have forgotten it all until next Saturday night when you think, I must set my alarm clock to get up for church? God is looking for a passion in our hearts to serve him. We have a generation to win. This generation, the fields are white unto harvest and the laborers are few. So we need to beseech the Lord of the harvest that will stir our hearts to preach like we have never preached before. We need to focus on Jesus and see his motivation and see how he run that race. Scripture says he's now seated in the place of honor before the throne of God. Think about all the hostility endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. When you look at Jesus and you see how much he's done for us. I said it last week and I'll say it again. If Jesus Christ did no more for me than he's already done on Calvary. He's done it all. He's done enough. He doesn't need to produce miracles for me anymore. Whatever he has done, he has done in saving my soul. And that alone is the greatest miracle of all. That is the greatest miracle of all. So let, let's not, when we see how passionate Jesus is about winning us, about dying on the cross for us, how should we 
get our boots on and start running that race for him today. Sitting on the line, sideline, cheering a few people, other people on. The problem with churches, and now I'm preaching, the problem with churches is that 20% of the people do everything and everybody else moans about them. They don't even cheer you on. They mow you down. They do. And so when we talk about children's work, I want a deluge of volunteers. If you don't ring my phone, some of you, you're going to get a slap. I'm telling you. Because we need, it takes a disciple to make a disciple. If we're se- are we serious about winning kids in this church? Are we serious about taking young people and seeing them know God for all of their lives? Well, then we have to do something about it. Not, not somebody that says, oh, you know, let me, let me tell you, if you're still breathing, you can be part of this. And if you're not, we'll raise you from the dead. Come on. It's time for us to serve the Lord with a new passion. So I'm thinking some of you to well, get on the door team and welcome a few people. It wouldn't hurt some of you to take up some... Well, there's plenty of jobs to be done in this church. Let's not leave it to the 20 or so people that do them all and wear us out again. Some of us have had a sabbatical. You've had 15 months off. It's time to get your shoes back on and time to run the race again. How would you describe your own faith this morning? I'm, not, I'm just bringing this down to, to me now. How would I describe my own faith if I had to stand before God this morning and tell him how my faith was? Would I say I was on fire? Would I say I was committed? Would I say I was focused? Would I say I was passionate, relentless and unwavering? Or would I just say I was half-hearted, compromised and lukewarm? Well, maybe. It's a huge challenge this morning. As Christians, we talk a good talk, but we are called to run the race. You know, I hate pundits. Anybody hate pundits? Especially the football pundits. Because, you know, they watch the players on the field. And, and, they, and then they make criticism like these boys have run themselves ragged, you know. And the pundits all get something. And what's even worse than the pundits? It's the crowd, isn't it? 24,000 big fat men eating pies, <laughs> shouting at the black that he's not running fast enough. <laughs> Absolutely true, isn't it? We talk a good story, but we need to get in the race. I'm not talking about church attendance, because as we said, the last 15 months have taught us that our faith grows and soars even when the church is locked down. We've seen a, a band of, of disciples formed in this place. I've had the privilege to watch people know Jesus better and stronger in his last 15 months than if they'd come to church every Sunday. And that's been wonderful. We want church back, of course we do, it was Jesus' idea. But I think he's been shaking us and testing us. I think for some of us we need to reassess where we are now because things will start to unlock by the grace of God. I know you can't wait to take your masks off and stand by each other and hug each other and all again. And it will happen. I've got no doubt about that. But in between that time and this time we need to recalibrate where we're going and what we're doing as a church. Because we can't go back to what was. Because what was does not exist anymore. We need to be an on-fire, passionate group of people that are running this race for God that has been set before us. The faith race we're in, we need to pursue. Whether there's a pandemic or no pandemic, whether the good times or the bad times, our job is to keep our eyes on Jesus, to be soul winners, and to know our lives to witness to the amazing grace and goodness of God. And then thinking back again again about Jesus, he says this, Think about all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. In the light of Calvary, we should never become weary and give up because of all that he's done for us.
Jesus gave it all for us. And he's asking us to get in the race for which he has prepared us. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my children, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. And don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves. And he punishes those ones he accepts as his children. Part of this running the Christian life and running the Christian race is discipline. You'll never do anything great in this life without discipline. You won't be a good teacher without being a disciplined teacher. You won't be a good footballer without being a disciplined athlete. You won't be a good anything without being disciplined. You won't bake a good cake without measuring the things out and doing them properly. And I think God is reevaluating us as believers and he's saying, look, it's, the Lord is, is working in you and he's disciplining you because he loves you because he wants you to get this right. I want to be in a church that does some stuff right. I don't know about you. I, I, I want to get to that place when I do meet Jesus. He says, well done, now good and faithful servant. Goodness and faithfulness is about doing things right and being disciplined. You want a strange cake? Ignore all the recipe and you'll get the weirdest thing you've ever tasted in your life. There has to be an element of following what God has said and implementing it in our lives. The problem is we're very good at understanding what the Bible says and not implementing it in our lives. We become great commenters of scripture instead of great livers of the word of God. And so I, I, I've found this out over this pandemic. It's strange how many people have suddenly got to be super theologians and yet the most idle people on the face of God's earth. Ask them to do anything, they don't want to get involved. I don't care how much you know, show me how much you care. Show me how much you will get involved for the church of Jesus Christ. If you're looking for doctrinal purity, you've come to the wrong church. There's no church that's doctrinally pure. But I want to be among a band of brothers that run this race. We're being cheered on from those that have gone before us. And this is our day and this is our generation. And this could be the last generation that runs this race. And if it is, I want to make sure that I go out with a bang. I want, I want to be like Zola Bud. Do you remember Zola Bud? The black South, that South African girl, she took her shoes off and she run that race and she run and she run and she won. I, I just want to be a Mo Farah for Jesus. I don't know about you. Let's get this race run and finished. And let's get home with our Lord and our Saviour. He, he corrects us because he loves us. You see, he's our Father. And we often love to sing that good, good Father. But he's also our Lord and our Saviour, which means sometimes he will shake you and he will discipline you. And sometimes he will turn up the heat. You know, when you turn up the heat on gold, it just brings out the impurities. I believe these last 15 months, the Lord has turned up the heat. It's been hard. It's been a trial. When you've had no church to come to, where have you gone? Many of us have been forced to read our Bibles more than we've ever read them before and pray in a way that we've never prayed before and seek fellowship in a way that we've never had it before. But I believe God has been bringing out the impurities. So now we're back together again. We can be honest like we've been this morning. It takes a disciple to make a disciple. And if we're going to see God move in this church powerfully, we would need all to be involved, not just a few of us to be involved. We'll say, well, Steve, that always works, doesn't it? It's always 20% and 80%. Who's, who's, who wrote that down? That's not in the Bible. That, that's just something we've come to accept because that's just the way church has been. Well, church doesn't have to be that way anymore, does it? We could choose to make a choice that says, we're not going to be like that. We are going to be on fire for God, every one of us. And we're going to love each other. And we're going to have our trip-ups. And we're going to have our mistakes. And we're going to say things we didn't mean to say to each other. But we're going to apologize. And we're going to get on with it instead of being crybabbies and running to somebody else's church and making another mess there. Yeah. 
Because that's what happens, isn't it? Because we don't get our way. Listen, this is not about our way. This is about his way. It's about making disciples. Go into all the world and make disciples. I've told you before that the problem is God told us to make disciples and he said he'd build his church. But the problem is we want to build the church and him to make the disciples. It doesn't work that way. We need to be disciple makers, pouring our lives into men and women with vulnerability, sharing them the goodness of God in them. And you know what? Then when we make disciples, he builds his church. When we do what we do in bringing people to Christ, he does what we can't do in saving their souls and making them stronger, bigger and greater in God. So we need to play our part, each and every one of us. So when we open these doors properly on a Sunday night, we're not going to be having a replica service of a Sunday morning. The first thing I intend to do is we're going to have one big alpha course. I don't want 30, 40, 50, 60 new people in this church, and every one of us should know somebody by now, after 15 months of not being in church, to bring to church, and let's see people saved. Let's make some disciples. Bless the Lord. I just want to finish with one scripture. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I'm straining forward to what is ahead, pressing forward to the goal to win the prize to which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That's what the apostle says. Forgetting what is behind. I thank God for everything that the Lord has done in this church over nearly 40 years of our existence. But forget it, it's gone. Those days are finished, sealed and written in a book. The day that we have to serve the Lord is today. The passion for which we need Christ is today. If we're going to make a difference, we have to do it while we're breathing today because nobody knows what tomorrow brings, do they? Nobody knows what a day brings forth. God is churning us and he's changing us and he's poking us. So we've been talking about faith, haven't we? And we've been in faith school. And, but faith culminates then in this set of verses, doesn't it, when Those that have served God by faith are in heaven right now and they're calling down, get on with it, boys. Get on with it so this thing can be rolled up because there's a day coming when the Lord's coming back. And this time and generation and day will be over and there will be a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness and Jesus Christ will reign unrivaled as King of kings and Lord of lords. He will sit on the throne of his father, David, and we will be with him forever and forever. But until that time, the apostle plores us The stuff that's weighing you down, the sin that's getting you tripped up, get rid of it. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Run the race that is before you. Do what you can do in these days and moments and live for Christ with all that you have got. Bless the Lord. And that's what I want to do. I don't know about you this morning. I want to give God all that I can give him. Bless the Lord. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Yeah. Let's just be still for the Holy Spirit. I think we've kind of, because we've gone live stream, we've kind of a little bit gone a little bit cautious. I don't think we should be cautious. We can allow the gifts of the Spirit to move on live stream, can't we? We can hear the prophetic, can't we, on live stream? God could heal you where you're sitting in your living room right now. Reach out to Jesus. He's about to unveil to and touch you.
just feel like the Holy Spirit just tell me, tell the people, this race is not the Grand National. You know the Grand National, all the, a lot of them horses fall over, don't they? The riders come off. And then just one or two manage to get it to the finish line. That's not how the scripture talks about us running the race. We're supposed to be running it with each other. Some of you will have seen that, that guy who had a real wobble, didn't he, on the marathon. And some guy who, who was going to beat him just put his arms around him and, and, and made it all the way to the, to the line, even though he lost his position in the race. That's what God's calling us to, to stand together with a sense of unity and purpose, to see this race run and done. And for those of you who feel like you need picking up this morning, we want to pick you up in the name of Jesus. We want to encourage you on. I'm not shouting at you this morning, but sometimes we do need a prod from God, don't we? We do need the Lord to speak to us and say, come on, get on with it. Bless the Lord. I believe Jesus is in the house this morning. If you have got people in your family that you truly want to see born again, would you would you stand with me? I'm, I'm going to pray. You need people in your family just to be saved. Just stand with me. People in your family that used to come to this church. We're not blaming anybody. It's the enemy that steals, kills and destroys, isn't it? Some of our loved ones have got weighted down and sins entangled them and they've left the race. But they won't be down, but they're not out. So Father, in the powerful and wonderful name of Jesus, we pray this morning that you would stir our hearts as your people to get on with the job that you've placed in front of us in Sedgley. I pray for households. I pray, we're not praying for a miracle tomorrow. Lord, I pray for a miracle today. So as people go back home, I pray that their phones will ring. They'll get WhatsApp messages and texts. People will knock on the door and say, I need Jesus. Holy Spirit, you can only do this. We can't manufacture people's salvation or make this happen. So Holy Spirit, would you go and would you convict men and women of their sin? Boys and girls, young people. And then fill us with the passion of the Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray, that, that we'd be on fire, that people might look at us. As Wesley said, that you set me on fire and they'll come and watch me burn. Father, we want to be like that for you this morning. In the precious and the wonderful name of Jesus. Bless the Lord. Amen. Amen.